Welcome to The Luxentis Show, where I share tips on how to create and lead successful people-centric organizations. Hi, I'm Jocelyn Moriners, CEO of Luxentis, a leadership and team training company offering at-your-pace online courses and implementation-style workshops. Make sure to check out our website for available courses and download the top five reasons businesses struggle to attract and retain top talent and what to do about it. Recently, I was chatting with a fellow business owner about training their new leaders and part of the conversation surrounded the importance of new leaders to find ways to build their leadership confidence. Because there are some very real consequences to both having leaders who are recklessly confident and those who are unjustifiably insecure. So how do we create conditions that will encourage new leaders to find that middle ground where they are both confident and yet still able to lead with humility? Well, ideally, it starts before you promote them. If you have a tendency of promoting internally, then you've probably already identified individuals that you feel would make great formal leaders. And before you just assume that they want to check with them because they may not be interested. Not everyone wants to lead a team. It doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them bad employees. It's just a choice. And some people love what they do right now and they want to do it for the rest of their careers or close enough. And why move them out of something that they're really good at that they love to do just to put them in a position that they have no real interest in being. So make sure that it's something that they actually want to do. So assuming that they are interested in a more formal type of leadership role, start by providing them with opportunities to further exercise that mindset muscle by placing them in leadership type situations when it makes sense. So an example of that could be uh, if you have a particular problem, a particular challenge that you need a solution to, maybe you put together a working group and you put that person in charge of the working group. Of course, give them some guidelines. You don't want to just toss them in there and say good luck. So provide them with some guidelines. What are you looking for? What kind of solutions are you looking for? Once you've done that though, see what they can do and let them just lead the group and provide them with some guidelines though. Uh, if you don't want it to be a whole waste of time and you do want to set them up for success, that is the point. You want them to build their success portfolio. So, uh, you know, give them a little bit of guidance as to, again, exactly what you're doing, what, what you're looking for, what the problem is, a little bit of strategy maybe, and then let them navigate that situation. And so uh, the kind of kinds of things that they would exercise in a group like that would be uh, leadership. So how do they lead a group? Uh, and then it would be uh, embracing healthy conflict because I'm sure there are going to be diverse points of views. And if there aren't, if everybody's just agreeing, that's a little suspicious. So make sure that the person is able to dig 
deeper to ensure that it's not just everyone agreeing out of maybe there's a, a problem with the culture or something and people are concerned about speaking their minds. So we want to confirm that that's not the case. Uh, so give them some guidelines and uh, let them exercise those leadership muscles. Another uh, possibility could be uh, if you pull them in and include them in solving a challenge that you're facing yourself or that their supervisor is facing. Uh, and then they get to see how you go about making decisions, what you take into account. Uh, then, then probably the strategy would be also included in that and you would help uh, show them how you match up vision, mission, strategy with operational issues and how that all comes together. And probably depending, of course, on, on what it is, uh, you may even take them through a SWOT exercise, uh, the strengths, uh, weaknesses, uh, threats, and opportunity, and kind of take them through a quick risk assessment of some sort. So that might be helpful as well. But what that does is exercise that leadership mindset muscle to help build that library, because uh, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to help build a success library for them to refer to. So when they do fail, and as you know, if you've listened to anything else I've said <laughs> in other episodes, then you know that I absolutely believe that failure is inevitable. Failure will happen. And it's all about what you do when it happens. How are you going to react? And as I addressed at, in another episode, it's how are you going to teach your team to fail? And this is a great way to showcase that and get them ready. And so, especially as a new leader, the risk there is that their confidence will get shattered if they don't have that success library. The more you advance in career experience age, usually have this much vaster frame of reference of successes. And therefore, when that inevitable failure appears, you're much better equipped to deal with it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, I'm just saying that you are more equipped to deal with it. And it, it it's unlikely that it will shatter you like it would a new leader. And so that's why we're trying to build that up. And in that effort of trying to build that up, I would suggest even a reflection exercise at the end of the week and note their successes in a place that they can refer to later. So that way, whenever something isn't going the way they planned it, then they can refer to that and be like, okay, so this didn't go as planned. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. But here are things that did go as planned. And so that will help. Another thing is to encourage them to push through the fear. Reality is being placed in a position of leadership can be scary if you've never done it, or if the last experience was absolutely terrible. So there might be that fear that this isn't going to work out or I'm not going to work out or whatever fear there is. And so help them manage that. And one of the ways is to create conditions where it's okay for them to falter. And so when it will happen, be there for them. 
help guide their thinking in finding solutions to fix it. It's again, part of that whole teaching your team to fail. And by doing that, you're also teaching them to manage that fear by changing the narrative in our minds. Now, I want to be really careful here. It's not about pretending that there is no risk. So it's not about saying, I am not afraid. I can do this. Like, yes, you can. It's okay to feel the fear. It's just taking it, acknowledging that, okay, there is a risk. And it's taking that feeling and then putting it in a place where you can move it from an emotional place to a more intellectual place. And it's all about creating a plan to mitigate the risks so that that happens. And it's, again, framing it differently in becoming more curious and also thinking about what if things do work out? Think about the positive impact of leading with integrity. So that's kind of how you help them push through the fear. And like I said, move it from that emotional place to a more intellectual place by planning, strategizing, scenario creating, all that kind of stuff. And after doing this a few times, then they should start getting the hang of it. And it's going to hopefully boost their confidence that they will know how to handle whatever comes their way. Confidence really does grow by pushing through fear and discovering what we're capable of accomplishing. And we'll realize that we really can do so much more than we think we can. It's just a question of pushing through. And so help them do that. Another thing is don't let them go at it alone. If you're promoting a few new leaders, try to create some form of cohort where they can encourage each other. And if you're thinking, oh, well, um, I have leaders, but they're in different departments. Well, that's, I would say, potentially even better because then they can provide each other with different perspectives from the organization itself, like different operational perspectives or whatever. And they may, can, may, may be able to provide each other with different ideas. So try to, if, if you have more than one person, try to get them together. And it might also provide them with a safe space where they can vent. Reality is sometimes it's just frustrating and, and there's nothing we can do. And sometimes we just need to talk about it. We want to be careful. Um, we definitely don't want it to become toxic. There is that risk. So maybe uh, that would require a little bit of training, how, how to navigate emotion in a healthy way so that it doesn't just become a vent fest and then nothing productive comes out of it. But now and then, just being able to just let it out is not a bad thing. <laughs> but we want to make sure it doesn't turn into like resentment and it spreads. So that's, that's actually quite, quite bad. 
and contagious. I'm just going to say it spreads fast. Uh, and, and if there's no court and there's only one person, maybe you can pair them with a season leader whenever possible, just to potentially give them a perspective and lead them in finding appropriate solutions and provide them with some form of proper guidance. So that might be helpful. Now, there are many organizations who will be like, hey, I have a new, new leader. Take this two-day course or whatever. Okay, you're set. Well, no, they're not set. So just saying, okay, you're a new leader. Take this this one one course. You're good. Uh, that's that's not enough. You can't just let them be after that one thing because it's not integrated yet. It's not a habit yet, and it needs time to become a habit. It needs time to become a mindset. And the risk of do by doing that is just having these potentially exceptional leaders just be swallowed up in operations. So as much as possible, and I'm not saying it doesn't have to be big, like it can be, I don't know, like an, an hour, let's say every other week, if, if your operations really can't support it, just to provide them with that consistent support until it becomes a habit, until it becomes a true mindset, an integrated mindset for that new leader. And even if it's, you can't do that. Well, what about once a month? Like maybe you provide them consistent support once a month. And, uh, and, and if it's just that, then maybe you do it for a quarter. And if it's just once a month, maybe you do it for the first six months or best case a year. So just, just try to, uh, support them to help really integrate uh, and navigate through the complexities of being a new leader. Now, something I really want to address here is even though it's nice to receive compliments from the team, it's really important for these new, new supervisors, these new leaders to understand that yes, Compliments from the team is nice. Having a team member say, hey, you're doing a good job is awesome. It feels great. At the same time, it is not up to the team members to boost their supervisor's self-confidence. You absolutely want to guard against new leaders seeking that form of approval from the team. Once it happens, it's hard to break. And then these new leaders are always just seeking approval. And then they can't become effective leaders because effective leaders sometimes have to do things that aren't popular. They may even be in a position at some point where they will need to terminate that person or lay them off. So make sure that your new leader understands that yes, it's great. Actually, it's fantastic to hear when a team member thinks that you're doing great and it's not their responsibility to make that new leader feel good about themselves and boost their self-confidence. So make sure they understand that. 
and make sure that they have other ways of building that self-confidence. As a, a new leader, you absolutely want to be, well, every leader actually, you want to be authentically supportive and genuinely invested in team members' success, not in seeking approval. So that's that's really the end goal here. And leaders really need to find other ways of building that self-confidence up for themselves. So whether a leader finds that in a group, one seasoned leader, or something else, somewhere else through accomplishments, it doesn't matter as long as it keeps building and as long as they're guided through that exercise. When a leader does not have that base of self-assurance, it will create conditions where that person is unable to provide the team with the support they need to do their best. And it creates conditions where feedback is threatening. If that that new leader is relying on the team for self-confidence, they will not be able to listen to feedback. If the team is telling them something and they feel otherwise, they are going to receive it as criticism as opposed to a team member bringing something up to, to their attention for them to deal with. So to help new leaders avoid building up bad leadership habits, quote unquote, take the time to support them and guide them so that they can become the conscientious, supportive, and yet efficient leaders that you recognized in the first place. I hope this episode helped generate ideas and potential solutions. If you know someone who could use this message today, please make sure to share it with them. And if you're feeling particularly generous, why not rate and review wherever applicable? I'd really appreciate that. So thank you for listening and let's all continue working on creating and leading successful people-centric organizations.